Welcome to Lessons from the Helpful Dead, where you learn the world is not what it seems, and you are much more than you think you are. Here you'll learn about positive and reassuring messages from supposedly dead people whose main purpose is to help us. Find out what happens after we die, why we're here, how we got here, where we're going, and discover that you are really a powerful eternal spirit. I'm Dan McEnany. Today we'll talk about Raymond Lodge. Now he's an especially interesting case because he was able to describe in detail what his perceptions were as he gradually proceeded uh, in the afterlife world after he died. Raymond Lodge was the son of Sir Oliver Lodge, who wrote about the communications from his son in the book Raymond. Now the father Oliver Lodge was one of England's most distinguished physicists. He was knighted for his work in atomic and electrical theory. Now, his son Raymond, a British officer in France during World War I, was killed in action in September 1915. At the time he was killed, the father, Sir Oliver, was conducting extensive psychical research, working through three respected mediums, none of whom knew his true identity. Members of his family assisted, assisted him in the research. Now, the first message from Raymond came 11 days after he was killed. His mother was sitting with a medium who did not know her identity, and no questions were asked about Raymond. Still, Raymond came through with a message that Mrs. Lodge was to tell Sir Oliver, his father, that he had met some friends of his, specifically Frederick Myers. Now, two days later, in an anonymous trance sitting with the same medium, he said he had a lot of friends helping him, and that he knew as soon as he was better adjusted, he had a lot of work to do. Now, that was a, a fairly a positive piece of information since uh, he was, had only been dead for 13 days at that time. Apparently, he was confused at first and he couldn't get his bearings. But what he uh, termed instructors and teachers, one of whom was Myers, helped him. And he was already beginning to feel brighter, lighter, and happier. A separate medium on the same day told Mrs. Lodge that Myers was helping her son to communicate. In subsequent sessions, Raymond confirmed Myers' guardianship, and he expressed deep gratitude to him. Raymond and Myers spoke together. Raymond got excited about his father's work in psychic research, encouraging him to push through barriers so that more people could communicate with those who had passed on, and there would be fewer broken-hearted women on the earth side and fewer dead soldiers to whom no one communicated on his side. Myers explained that now, Raymond was traumatized initially, very disappointed, and then he recovered gradually. By the middle of November, he was feeling comfortable in his new environment and more sure of himself in his communications. Raymond related that what uh, most reconciled him to his new environment was that things appeared so solid and substantial, including his grandfather and others who had met him, and the house his grandfather had lived in, solid brick with trees, uh, trees and flowers. Now, it got dark only when you wanted it to get dark. He hadn't yet found out whether thoughts alone formed all the buildings and flowers or whether it was uh, maybe something more. At that point, Raymond was preoccupied, helping to orient soldiers who'd been shot to death in the war. At that point, he could not yet see any indications of the future. He said at first he wore earth clothes, but gradually switched to the white robes that were popular there. 
His body, he said, was very similar to what he had before, but it didn't hurt as much when he pinched the flesh. And the internal organs did not seem constituted on the same lines. He could move about more freely. He had a new tooth in place of one that wasn't quite right. And he knew a man who had lost an arm, but now had two. When someone was blown to pieces, he explained, it took some time before the spirit body could reassemble itself completely. Interestingly, he said bodies should not be burned on purpose because they had some terrible troubles with people who are cremated too soon. He advised waiting seven days. He observed that men and women seemed to have the same feelings toward each other, but with a different expression. There didn't seem to be any children born there. Some enjoyed eating what appeared to be earth food, and one fellow enjoyed a cigar. He explained that appetites for things like food, drink, and cigars generally fade after people have been there for a while. He said he could see the sun and stars, but he didn't feel heat or cold, except when coming into contact with the earth plane. He gave several pieces of personal information <clears throat> known only to the family that established his identity, again, evidential. After a time, the urgency and content of his information dwindles as though he had his own affairs to pursue. In response to a question from his father about a statement made by Myers that the plane of existence Raymond was in was one of illusion, Raymond made interesting observations with Myers' help. He said there were parallels between that plane and Earth. On both planes, he said, many things we need are created for us by the divine imagination. And many more things, like houses, clothes, and jewels, are created out of our own imaginations. In both, they are created out of the available materials. And in both, the structures are temporary, meant to be used only until the person's ready to progress to the next higher plane. Earth objects are made of matter, he said, while objects in Raymond's sphere were made of much finer material, created by the power of mind. Now, here we come to some of the interesting things that Raymond said about the world of illusions. He said, we live in a world of illusions, necessary for us to do our work. While he lives in, ex in an extension, he lives in an extension of the illusory world, the outer rim of it. Right? so that he was much more in touch with the world of reality than we are. Spirit and mind, from his perspective, are indestructible and belong to the world of reality. While other external things, and that's most of the things we perceive on earth here, other external things necessary for a time are really superfluous and temporary as far as the world of reality goes. So again, Raymond's observations are highly significant for the detail they provide uh, in terms of his perceptions after he died. They are also significant for his comments about the world of illusion in which we live. Also significant is the input of his father, the advice of uh, Sir Oliver Lodge, the advice he gave for bereaved persons who would inquire whether it would be advisable for them to devote the time and attention he did to communication with a departed loved one. Definitely not, was his advice. He was a student of the subject. For the average person, he recommended instead that they come to an understanding that their loved ones are still active and useful and interested and happy, more alive than ever in one sense, 
and to make up their minds to live a useful life until they rejoin them. Good advice, I'd say. Now, in our next episode, we'll talk about Joe Gallenberger's brother, Pete, a fellow who committed suicide while he was still a relatively young man. Again, I'm Dan McEnany, bringing you lessons from the helpful dead.